Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is April 13th, and the Chicago Bulls are still alive in a chase for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Eight teams qualify. The Bulls will play in Miami Friday night, and if they win that game, they'll advance to a first-round series against the top-seeded <coughs> Milwaukee Bucks, a team they split the season series 2-2. Welcome into a brand-new edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. It is episode 125. We're going to talk a ton of basketball in the first segment, but we do want to let you know right off the bat, we got something different for you today. Our guest is Kim Goldman. She is the sister of Ron Goldman, who was tragically killed in the O.J. Simpson murders back in 1994. And for all of you younger listeners out there who maybe weren't even born at that time, it was known as the trial of the century. It was something that captivated the country for a long period of time. And Kim is still involved in trying to uh, advocate for victims' rights. She has a podcast called Media Circus, and we're going to discuss all of that with her coming up. But first, I want to talk to Stacy about the fact that you and Adam might be going back to work on Sunday. How about that mark it's one game at a time buddy all right okay we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to jump the shark as they say okay but it was a big win for the bulls it didn't look like that early going they were down 19 uh they were down 10 going into the fourth quarter Zach Levine put him on his back and, yeah. and carried him. This is what this is the reason why they paid Zach Levine the money that they paid. People can criticize Zach early in the season. His knee wasn't 100%. Now he's 100%. He's been playing like an all-star from the all-star break on. He's been really, really playing like he's capable of playing. So uh, it was good to see him take over. He went to the basket. A couple of shots I questioned, you know, towards the end where, when it was like a one-possession game, he pulled up for a three. And right, it's like, the no, three, Zach, yeah. no, take it to the rim. I even tweeted that. Take it to the rim. They can't stop you. Because he was killing him going he to was the killing, He was killing Fred Van Fleet. You know, they were, I mean, he was just, oh man, it was like an eye pass. He was just going right by him the whole time, you know, and, and then, you know, give, give a Patrick Beverly some credit. He made one basket all night. That three-pointer he hit yeah. in the corner was huge, huge. And then Alex Caruso, we talked about him needing to step up his game offensively. He was four of eight from the field, knocked down a three. He went to the basket, scored some layups. Um, but his defense was was unbelievable. He had to guard Siakam. He had to guard pretty much everybody on the floor. Uh, he came up with some loose basketball, some big rebounds when the Bulls needed him the most. And then DeMar, you know, DeMar coming through, hitting some big shots uh, toward the end, taking the ball to the basket. Uh 
It was a team win. It was a team win. It was, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, Zach really sparked it with his outstanding offensive play in the third quarter where he really <laughs> took over the game. But the sequence you were talking about, there's about a five-minute stretch where they forced six turnovers, and everybody was involved in it. You had Beverly making a block from behind, getting the passing lanes to make a steal. Caruso got a strip and a breakaway layup. And I think that really took the life out of, out of the Raptors, that, that sequence where they, they just couldn't get a shot at the rim. Well, and, and what you've seen with the Bulls, especially since Patrick Beverly has come on, on board on this team, is that games like last night, they would have folded. They'd have lost that game. You know, early in the season, they would have lost that game. You know, before All-Star break, they would have lost that game. They have turned that around. We've seen a few games this year in the second half where it looks like they're going to, you know, the doors are going to fall off, and then they find a way to win. They don't crack under the pressure. So it's very good to see, especially being down 19 points and realizing that the defense is going to keep you in the game. If we can stop them from scoring, it will allow us to get back in the game offensively because they can't stop us. Um, The thing that was surprising with uh, Toronto – uh, they didn't take advantage of the size like I thought they would. Right. I, I thought they would really punish the switches because that's what they did in the regular season. And I, I just think that they got too cute. Uh, they missed 18 free throws. And, um, you know, how about DR? Shout out to DR. DR DeRozan. She's really the MVP because I'm going to tell you something. They missed 18 free throws. They lost by four. Some of the memes are crazy. I mean, she screamed every single time they shot a free throw. And it was like, I kept hearing in this screen yeah. and I'm thinking this team is at home who's screaming at right, right. Shooting why would they throws? do that yeah. yeah and then they flash over now oh, there's DeMar DeRozan's daughter <laughs> and I'm like no don't tell me she's the one over there screaming and it was really it was a really you know fun thing to see because you know when they're at the games they mimic their dad shooting free throws you know they watch him how he shoots yeah. free throws he, they, go, they go through the same routine he does it's really cute uh, it's a real close knit family the girls are involved so it was really good it didn't surprise me that she did what she did you know um, it surprised me that Toronto uh, fell for it. Like they, they seemed like they were rattled, you know. I, and I really don't think, to be honest, maybe a couple of free throws they choked on from from the hour. But I think a lot of it's just the pressure of the game. You know, when you saw the Bulls not going away, and when you see your teammates start to miss, it puts yes, more pressure on yes. you. <laughs> and then you get up there, and it's like you know the the goal gets smaller. I think you know we always say pressure bursts pipes, and I, I thought. The, the pressure got to them last night when they went through like five or six possessions and either turned the ball over or they didn't score. You could just see the frustration in their face, you know, and take away that that half court shot that Fred Van Fleet shot before halftime. Yeah. The Bulls were creeping back in the game in that second quarter anyway. So it, it, it showed them that, hey, you know, the Bulls are here. They're not going anywhere. I was talking to Whispers before we got started. And I, I said, I got to ask Stacy, would, would you have heard those screams if you were at the free throw line shooting? Would you? Would that have bothered you? No, it wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah, I mean, would you even have heard it? You think? No, I mean, because I mean, there's twenty five thousand people in there, but it was awful quiet though. Because (laughs) I I gotta give it because you know she's her timing was perfect. Her timing was perfect. (laughs) I don't know. What is she like? Ten years old? Like nine Um, is nine or ten? Yeah. So and her voice was booming. Yeah. Like you could when I heard it on TV, I'm like. Who is screaming? Like, they're only screaming when Toronto shoots. That must be a Bulls fan. And then they finally, I think they finally found out who it was. And they're like, oh, that's that's DeMar DeRozan's daughter, you know. Uh, Her mom's high-fiving her. Yeah, Yeah, that was funny. Oh, man, it was was hilarious. And she, she, oh, man, they got to go through the whole summer saying we got put out by a (laughs) nine-year-old. Well, I saw just a little while ago that United Airlines is offering to fly her down to Miami, make sure she's in there to, to scream for that game tomorrow night. If she is there and is screaming, you think Pat Riley ever thrown out? 
How do you throw out a uh, DeMar DeRozan story, right? Child. You know, she's a child. She's allowed to scream and yell. She's not screaming obscenities. Right, right. right. She's just yelling. And it, listen, if you're a professional athlete, you made 10, 15, 20 million dollars and a little nine-year-old girl rattles you, <laughs> you maybe should not be in this league. Right? Seriously, let's, let's just call a spade a spade. If a nine-year-old rattles a 20 million dollar player at the free yeah. throw line, maybe you're in the wrong league. <laughs> just maybe, just maybe. Well, see, Ockham definitely choked on those three yet at the end. We talked about it. It's oh! a terrible call. Oh! He got fouled before he even went into a shooting motion. The referees convened and said, oh, we'll give him three shots and I mean, a chance that, to tie that, the game. That, that Mark, Mark. <laughs> Mark, this is why you question the officiating. Yeah, it was bad. Seriously, that could have turned the whole momentum of the game around. What if that had been Fred Van Fleet who would have knocked yeah, down three yeah. free throws? Like, Come on, man. It was so obvious that the foul was before he was in the motion. Oh, he was gathering himself. He wasn't gathering no. himself. The foul was clearly. Now, I will say this, that Crusoe's got to be smarter than that. You got to know that that's what they're trying to do. You can't be up on a guy, Mark, and bodying him up. And then you you, you, you can't. If, 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 you're, if the play is to foul him before he's in the shot, then foul him before Time he gets up, the shot. Yeah. Time up, Time up. But don't go for the shot fake and then come down and now you got to foul him and then take that chance because what we saw with Gucci Mane and the other officials, they made that call and it was a bad call. And I guarantee if they say Toronto loses, I mean, Toronto wins that series. Okay. I guarantee we'd have, what is that? The, the late game yeah, report? Two minute report. Two minute report. Two report. Yeah. The Bulls really should not have been called a four foul <laughs> in that game. Well, thanks. Thanks. I thanks appreciate it. Yeah. We're, we're in Cancun right now. One, two, three, Cancun. We're in Cancun vacation right now while, while Toronto's advancing to Miami. Did you see that official that. huddle though? If you, yeah. if you zoom in and see their lips, the one guy says FanDuel moment. The other guy says, no, no, MGM. So there's something going on there. No, uh, for real? <laughs> That's what I saw. That's what, and he's sticking with his story. Which uh, hey, with it. Hey, you, hey, listen, uh, uh, NBA officials, I didn't say that. So yeah. um, I'm not uh, questioning. I'm not questioning. I'm not questioning integrity. Stacey's been known to try to influence some of those listen, replay reviews. Yes, now. yes. But I was not there yesterday. Yeah. I was sitting home in my comfort of my, <laughs> my own home. and But I, I jumped off the couch when he made that call. There was no way that was a, a three-point attempt. And that could have cost the Bulls a game. Thank goodness that, you know, Siakam, who had played really, really well the whole game, I mean, he's the reason why they got the lead in the first yeah. place, uh, gets up there and, you know, he had semen in his in his veins. It just it was like, just like, <laughs> like a T-Rex. He just couldn't, you know, he actually turned into a raptor. And then he heard, yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. thought there was another raptor. You know what I really enjoyed was uh, Zach getting a chance to get some love from the national telecast. And everybody, you know, DeMar said afterwards, this is what he does. He takes over the game. The guy's a killer out there. And, you know, there's one guy that covers the Bulls on a regular basis who shall not be named, who seems to go out of his way to trash Zach every chance he gets. Oh, he's not a max player. I don't know why they gave him the money and all the rest of this. And and he had to shut up yesterday because Zach... Who is this? Nick. Guy who writes for the Sun-Times. <laughs> oh. Your guy. Oh. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Uh, he's not getting no love on my show. I know. Okay. But if hey guys, if you know who it is, kill him. Kill them on Twitter. <laughs> all my Twitter dogs, all my Twitter dogs who watch the show, you know who he, who the initials. I'm surprised Zach still gives them interviews. The initials of JC? Yeah. Yeah. That's all we can tell you because he's not getting no love on giving the hot sauce. But all my killer dogs out there who come to my aid, <laughs> I want you to attack him. I want you to just kill him because you know what? 
I don't care what anybody says about Zach Levine. Listen, the way the NBA is set up right now, you have to pay your stars or you lose them and you get nothing in return. So all this stuff like Zach doesn't deserve the money. Zach doesn't this, Zach doesn't that. Zach deserves exactly what he got because he's the star player on the Chicago Bulls. You put Zach on someone else's team, the Lakers or anything, he's still going to be a star. Maybe he's not the main guy but he's still going to be a star because he's a, he's a star in this league. He's too athletic. He does so many things that makes him a star. Um, people may not like his money, but I'm telling you, when he was healthy, and he's been healthy since probably the last part of the season, that knee is starting to look, he's starting to look like his old self as far as, as far as the explosive ability and getting to the rim. And what I like about Zach Mark is, is that he's just not taking bad shots. I, I did question a couple last night <laughs> in a one possession game, and he raised up for three when he's been dominating, getting to the basket and getting downhill. Uh, the, the Toronto Raptors didn't capitalize on that because I think they turned the ball over in the very next possession, so that really helped us out. But he's starting to realize, like, hey, you know what? I got a quick first step. No one in this league can guard me when I want to get to the basket. I can get to the basket at will. He took some tough drives to the basket, got hit a couple times by Siakam for N1s. He went right over Portal, who's a shot blocker. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was just going through people. Like, he was dunking on people's heads. You had Patrick Williams came on baseline and made a poster, you know, uh, a portal, you know, of uh, of Yaka portal, um, you know, and so I, it was fun to watch. They, they really played hard. They competed. And, you know, there was a scene bulls TV does after the game there in the locker room. Yeah. Saw that, you know, everybody was like, it, it, they were happy. They were, you know, they, they, you could see they were relieved, you know, coming down from 19 points against a team that has, a you know, has beaten you twice, two out of three times this year. And you hadn't had a lot of success in Toronto to come back from 19 point down, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have said the Bulls were going to come back and win that game. They, maybe they come back, but they're not going to win that game. Toronto's not going to lose that game. And sure enough, Toronto lost the game. And we thought that that was going to be a bad matchup because of the length of the of the Raptors guys in the perimeter. It was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was in the beginning. Yeah. They Siakam were, was really hurting them. Siakam was killing them. They were getting uh, Scotty Barnes started, you know, 29% three-point shooter. He was he was having some moments in the first half. The matchups did hurt them in the, in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, it was kind of like they start missing shots. And then you could just start to see – you know, like they're three, they're not a really good three point shooting. And they team fell in anyway. love with it because they, they made yes, some early. Yes, because they were, they made some early. Even Siakam hit one, Scotty Barnes hit one. So they started shooting them more and the Bulls were rebounding. One of the areas I thought would give the Bulls problems the second shot, second chance opportunities, which it did a little bit. They, they got some offensive rebounds, but the Bulls were able to neutralize that and not let that hurt them. How about Billy then going small and bringing Derek Jones in for that transition and disruption? <laughs> Derrick Jones should be playing all the time. Let's be real. Derrick Jones should be playing somewhere on that field, on that on that court, because he's a good defensive player. He he can switch out and guard guards. He can guard the best player on the floor. Uh, there's three guys right now that should be in that rotation automatically. That's Kobe White, that's Patrick Williams, and that's DJ. Those three guys should be in the rotation. It should be an eight-man rotation because you do you definitely cut your rotation down. And I would throw Andre Drummond in there too. So there's it's a nine-man rotation depending on the size of the big guy. Now, the problem with Miami's going to have is, is that you got, you know, Bam. Bam is more of a power forward, a stretch forward, playing the center spot. So 
Derrick Jones Jr. probably will get more minutes in that game per se than Andre Drummond, and so because that's a different matchup, you know. And they don't have a backup center, so they, 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 go yeah, they, they go small. They go small. They go small. They'll put four guards out there, and and the thing that Miami you got to worry about Miami right now is, and I watched that game the other night, even though they lost, Kyle Lowry got a resurgence. Yeah, he played really well. I mean, he had he kind of wasn't playing at the end of the year, and all of a sudden he looked like the Toronto. Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was taking a big shot after big shot, and he almost single-handedly, you know, won the game for Miami. Yeah, the X factor with Miami is you never know what they're going to get from their three-point shooters. Some days, Struess and Hero are knocking down threes. Gabe Vincent has hurt the Bulls in the past, and other days they can't buy one. Against Miami, their outside shooting was not effective, and they are a team that is really dependent on making threes. Yeah, and, and they're not they're not a good defensive team either. You know that that's you know Miami's always had the reputation of being one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. They clearly are not a good defensive team. There's a couple guys individually that can play defense, but, you know, you can't put Jimmy on every guy. You know, you still got Tyler Hero has to guard people. Gabe Vincent has to guard people. Struess has to guard people. So they're they're giving up, you know, more easy shots, more points than they've, they've done in the last few years. But they're still a dangerous team because they're playing at home. And there's something about playing at home in front of your crowd, even though even though Atlanta went there. I called Atlanta beating them. I said Atlanta would beat them. So Atlanta going in there beating them pretty easily. It was pretty easily a win. Killed them on the boards. Killed them on the boards. The size killed them. But the Bulls don't have that kind of size. But – the Bulls can offensive rebound, too, so it'll be an interesting matchup. And the Bulls dominated the regular season series. They won all three games, and they won all three of them rather easily. So, you know, they're going to go in there with a ton of confidence. The thing is, you got to make sure you get off to a good start because you don't want to fall behind and, and that sleepy crowd at, at, at Miami's arena <laughs> yeah. suddenly gets in. Because normally, they're, they're, they're pretty, you know, they'll turn on their team if things well, aren't going well. Well, and, and the, even though, you know, the Bulls have won three games there, they have, they, the Bulls have gotten off to slow starts in the first quarter. They just always been able to come back so with Miami being on the brink of elimination there's going to be a sense of desperation for mm-hmm. them the Bulls are going to have to match that desperation because it's a one and done you know winner moves on the loser goes one two three Cancun and the Bulls if they're not ready to go then they're going to do what's necessary to win that game everyone's got to focus I think the key for the Bulls though is to get off to a good start, stay within striking distance because Miami will start off hot. They always do. The the games the Bulls have won, the first quarter has always been Miami, and then the Bulls come back and dominate the next three. You don't want to get too far gone. You don't want to get double digit loss, you know, double digit leads to them because then you're playing catch up. And then if they're hitting threes, then the confidence of shooting threes become even more. And then now you find yourself going down big against a team like Miami who's struggling defensively right now. You mentioned Bam Adebayo is more of a power forward size, but he is a good shot blocker. How do you look at the matchup with him and Vucevic in the post? Vooch can kill anybody that he wants to. Nobody can stop Vooch. Only person that can stop Vooch is him in the three-point line. That's the only thing that can stop Vooch. Vooch, when he goes inside, he can score on anybody. He's going to have to do that. In order for the Bulls to continue to, to play and be able to have an opportunity to get to the playoff, Vooch is going to have to be mixing his game up. He's going to have to go inside. There's going to be times he got to go inside and he's got to dominate. Then there's got to be times where he's picking and popping and bringing the, the defender out to allow Zach and DeMar to have driving lanes to the basket. But you don't want him sitting outside taking eight to ten three-point shots. That's not going to help the Bulls win. Him being inside scoring when he's got the mismatches, when the Bulls, when the when the Heat switch and they put a guard on like Gabe Vincent or uh, Struess, that automatically the play goes broke. 
get the ball inside and let's let's destroy them on the inside. How about that dunk by Patrick Williams on the baseline yesterday? He should have some favorable matchups against some of those smaller Miami perimeter guys. Well, you know, the big thing was how long was Billy going to go with that small lineup? And he he came out with that he came out with bigger lineup very quickly yeah. because yeah. it was getting out of hand in that first <laughs> that first 10 minutes. He was like, "Okay, Patrick, you know, Kobe, <laughs> we need you out there." Yeah, yeah. Because the problem that you have and this is where the Bulls, you know, it didn't it didn't rear its ugly head last night except in the first quarter is that, you know, AC is not a score. You know, Patrick Beverly is not a score. So there's two guys in the lineup, unless they're getting layup opportunities, they're not giving you any offense whatsoever. Now, AC yesterday, four of eight. He went to the basket. He got in transition. He scored a couple of layups on the break. That's where you need to see AC scoring, the cutting to the basket. And then, you know, knock down a wide open three, once one or two of them, you know, when you have them. So I thought he did that really well last night. I think, you know, he's going to have to do it again because teams are going to say, listen, we're not guarding those guys. The, the two, three people that can hurt us, is the three guys right there. Vooch, you got Levine, you got DeMar DeRozan. Those are the three guys that can hurt you. So we can we can shade off of those guys and go help on drives on DeMar. We can help on drives with Zach Levine. We can force them where we want them to go. Miami does a really good job because Spolster is a disciple of Pat Riley. And trust me, he will have a game plan defensively to stop the two scores. He's going right. to... There's nothing you can do about Vooch. If Vooch goes inside, there's nothing they can do about it. But the other two he can make it very difficult because Jimmy's going to be on one of those guys. So it's going to probably be DeMar because DeMar plays more of a mid-range game. Uh, So Jimmy will probably be on him. But, you know, the Bulls are going to have to try to get transition buckets, score. That was one thing they did last night too, Mark, is steals and turnovers. They pushed the ball and got easy buckets. They got to continue to do that because you don't want teams to load up defensively on you. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in uh, the other play-in rounds and look ahead to the first round of the playoffs. But first, we want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good friend, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And who knows, maybe he'll jump on a plane and uh, be down in Miami screaming at free throw shooters tomorrow night, Stacey. And he's got he's got the best jingle in the business. So you, you've had a couple of days off. I'm sure you're ready to go. My voice has been on ice, Mark. There you go. You know, so, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, might be a little rusty, but this is this is for all the girls in the front row. Please don't throw any panties at me. Nationwide is on your side. Woo! Very nice, Woo! very nice. Stacy's playoff <laughs> ready. And if the Bulls, of course, win on Friday, game Tim's one. Tim's over here sweating. I told you, <laughs> Tim's over here sweating. That's wow. why I know it's good. When Tim's over here sweating, his face turned red. I'm gonna give him some yeah. ice water. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what you think of uh, what you think of Oklahoma City last night? They, they look I good. I told people Oklahoma yeah. City's gonna win. I love I that Shea Gilgis Alexander. Listen, he is, he is I, listen, man. I, that, that team, there. that team is is young. They're athletic. They play with confidence. Uh, they believe they can win. They, yep. they went in the New Orleans and won. They knew. They knew they were going to win. So, uh, Shea Gilgis, I'm telling you, man, you talking about a score. He is a flat-out score. He can score inside, outside. Yep. He can get to the basket against anybody. Um, the big thing with, with New Orleans and, oh, man, Zion Williams. Yeah, I know. Zion, Zion, if you listen to me, man, I don't ever question anybody's injury. But when I saw you out there doing a 360 dunk and you, you out there doing out there. windmill dunks and standing yeah. still, come on, man. Come on, you got to get out there and help your team, bro. Yeah. Whatever you got, you got. You're a superstar. Yeah. 
get out there and help your team because if he's in that game, they might advance. And this is the second year in a row that he hasn't made the playoffs. And then you got to start asking yourself, Mark, you know, what's his motivation? Like you got paid, you got the max money. Uh, you're, you got a team of guys out there. You know, Brandon Ingram is is turned into a superstar. Uh, you know, you got CJ McCollum. He's the third guy. You need three guys to, to yeah. make some noise in the play. You're the third. You're probably the second best guy on the team, you know. And he's sitting on the bench and, you know, he's laughing and having a good time. And his teammates are out there, you know, busting their butts, trying to get out of the playing game. And all they got to do is win one. And you don't show up, but you're in the layup line doing 360s and before the game dunking the basketball. And it's just sad, man. It's sad. It's sad, man. I, I, if I'm his teammates, I'm just like, man, come on, bro. Two, two 28 game seasons. Yeah. And he's and, averaged 29 games yeah. for his whole career for and, four and, years. And what it's going to look like, what it's going to look like, it's already looked like he's, you know, that he might be like the, the Greg Odens of, of, of the draft because all those other kids that came behind him are really playing well and doing well. I mean, John Morant is going to probably be the, the elite player of this draft. And, and Gilgis Alexander was in that Gilgis draft. Gilgis Alexander. So all these guys have bypassed him. Darius Garland was in and, that and, draft. And here's the thing. Here's the thing too, Mark. And I said this about these players in this league because I don't ever want to be like that guy that we always joke about, you know, get off my line. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Okay, I'm not that guy, America. I'm not that guy, but I'm that guy today. They don't practice enough. Okay, if you look at all the injuries these guys are having, they're, they're more soft tissue injuries. They're hamstrings, groin. And when you get those kind of injuries, it's because you're not in condition. Okay, in the 90s, guys weren't missing games because of that. You know, guys weren't missing hamstrings, and and that, we practice all the time. We we were conditioned to play a hundred games. You have to condition your body to play a hundred games. His body's only conditioned to play twenty nine or thirty games a college season. That's where his body is conditioned. When you come out of college, you're used to playing thirty four games, and his body is only conditioned to play twenty nine to thirty four games a year. And if you're paying him all that money, you're the owner. I need more games than that. Yeah, I heard that there's there's he has to weigh in every month, and there's games played clauses in that contract. So if you don't play, he ain't going to get paid. They say that behind closed doors. They're not doing that. They're not enforcing that. That's that's a star player. You're not in, you're not enforcing that because it, you can just tell that he's put on weight. Yeah. You just see him on the sideline. I think somebody took a picture today. Um, it was on Twitter. He was in the Wendy's drive through. Then he no, went to Krispy Kreme. No. Yeah, no, 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 I'm being serious. No, <laughs> yeah, all yeah, jokes yeah. aside, somebody took the the guy, the guy who's giving him his food, took a picture of him in yeah. the, in the wind. I'm thinking, okay, oh, hey, you missed a game last night, and you know you, you got a hamstring problem, but hamstring's good enough to go to the windy. So like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, we see where your priorities are. Though. But I hope he gets well, man, because he's an enormous yeah, talent. He's a dynamic player. He's, he's fun a to watch. Superstar in the league, and people want to pay to see him play. And, right. that, and that's a very good team. They some guys have developed since he's been out. You know, you know the kid Troy. Um, uh, I want to say his last. What was a kid named Troy? Three point shooter um, has really developed nicely. It's turned out to be kind of like on that sign of like, you know, a Kevin Durant type player. Kids like 6'9", 6'10", can actually shoot the basketball. Um, you know, they got, you know, Herb Jones. Herb Jones, Herb good Jones defender. Develop. I mean, they got some young talent. Jackson Hayes has gotten some playing time. Valanciunas is yeah. still there. Yeah. I mean, they had a they had, you put him on that roster, they beat Oklahoma City easily. Hey, speaking of old old school and get off my lawn, did you see Charles Oakley sitting by himself? Nobody wanted to get hey, close listen, to him. He had hey, a Raptor shirt. I'm, I'm wondering, first, who's he really rooting for? First there, of yeah. all, I thought it was Danny Glover. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. I, I was like, Danny Glover's a, a Toronto fan? Because, you know, the TV was going by fast, so the game was going yeah, fast. Yeah. 
And I'm like, is that Danny Glover sitting Wait, in Drake's seat? Drake's? Yeah, it was Drake's he's, seat. Yeah, he's got Drake's seat. So I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't know Danny Glover was a Toronto <laughs> fan. And then it got close. They got close to him. And I'm like, oh, hell no. That's not Oakley. Yeah. Oh, you play for the Bulls. But he did play, he for, did the play for the Raptors. He did play for the Raptors, too. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Have some loyalty, man. I know. Hey, it's just, we're two shirts. He wasn't cheering for the Raptors, though. He, he was pretty quiet yeah, over there. Yeah, he was over there. But you, you can't you can't be sitting in Drake's seat. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, it's like one of those, you know, when you're being held hostage yeah. and against your will, and they, you know, yeah. they make you say, like, you may, they, they, they have you sitting there and say, tell them you're eating good and you're, 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 everything is good. Yeah. Yes, I'm eating good. And, <laughs> is that right? Yes, I'm eating good. And, Everything's okay. And then you blink three times. I'm, I'm right. being abused. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think about what's going on in Minnesota? They, they had a, a classic meltdown in the final day of the regular season. First, Jaden McDaniels punches a wall and fractures his hand. And then they have that dust up between Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. And they suspend Rudy Gobert for a game. They lose in overtime to the Lakers out in L.A. Oh, man. Because yeah, if they're fully rostered, they win that game. Yeah. Okay. First of all, Rudy Gobert has been a big disappointment for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. He has not been as good as advertised as he was in Utah. Okay. They gave up a lot to yep, get him. A ton. Four first-round picks. They didn't pick have swap. to do that. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. Because they could have gotten Walker Kessler, who's yeah. doing the same thing Gobert's doing in Utah. In Minnesota, you would have kept all your assets and then you could have built through the draft and with a team that's already pretty nice. Yeah. Now look at it. You got a, you got a French man throwing punches and he's not even really throwing punches. He's he's backing up as he's trying to hit somebody. Did you see what Draymond Green said on his podcast? He goes, he's always been soft like that. You know, he, he's not a, oh, he's not about listen, that life. Listen, when when I saw Rudy Gobert cry because he didn't make the all-star team, yeah. I was like, come on, man. That's something you do in your room, bro. Don't yeah. don't be on national TV. Rudy, you didn't make the all-star team. You know, how do you feel? <laughs> Proof he also Man. likes microphones. Wee, yeah, wee, I was just saying his PR wee, is terrible going wee, back to that whole COVID thing when he was the first guy to test positive. I, I led the league in black shots. I was the defensive player of the year. Wee, wee, you know, and then he, and he's crying. I'm like, dude, you're 7'4". Like, yeah. you don't need to cry. Like, it's over. You didn't make it. Make it next year. You know, now they're saying he's questionable for tomorrow night with back spasms. Who? Rudy. He's questionable. To play. Oh, they still playing? Yeah, yeah they're, they play Oklahoma City oh. tomorrow for the eighth, eighth seed in the West. Oh, that's, oh, oh they're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I thought Oklahoma City was in. No, no, no. No, they have to advance. It's like oh. with the Bulls situation. Oh, yeah. oh, they're done. Yeah. They're done, man. They're done. I mean, Rudy Gobert, listen, man. Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns hasn't been healthy all year. That's hurt them. Uh, the match, the you know, the marriage between Gobert and, and, and uh, Towns is hurt because you thought you could move Towns to stretch four and Rudy at five, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, Rudy's not an offensive player. I mean, if it's not a lob, yeah. it's not going to happen. And then Anthony Edwards, I think, is his his development is being hindered. You know, his, it's because all these other people, you know, and the Jalen McDaniel kid is going to be a hell of a player for them. That really hurt them because he's their best defensive player. Right, he's supposed he's, to guard LeBron. Yeah, he's the guy you can put on anybody, and he will be a lockdown defender. Him breaking his hand, I don't know why he was mad. Got two fouls, so he went back to the locker room and he slams the wall. I mean, it was nothing that happened other than he thought the refs gave him a bad call. So he, so it was two fouls, and he went back and punched the wall. Yeah, wow. 
this immaturity because I was he nineteen? I think, I think uh, Chris Finch might be on his way out in Minnesota. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, the you know running the let asylum. Me, let me there. tell you something, man. Listen, there's not a lot of. I mean, you got Udoka still out there, and a lot of people are going to be after him, you know. And he's proven to take a young team and turn them around in Boston, you know. And and speaking of you know Boston, you know they're you know their their team without Robert Williams are they are they capable of getting to you know the finals? Are they capable of beating? I don't see anybody in the East beating Milwaukee, and I unless it's the Bulls. Throwing there you go. There. Throwing it out there. Unless it's the Bulls, okay? <laughs> if we don't make the playoffs, there's nobody beating them. You heard it here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. That's right. Stacey King's bold prediction. Bold. Hey, Whispers, what's new on the hot sauce Hot sauce front? You got uh, any news for the folks? It's just a waiting game. A waiting game? Yeah. Show my display. Yeah. Yeah, we got the display behind us here. It's uh, hopefully going to be shipped soon. <laughs> this is going to be in all the stores. This little display. That's, that's this the plan. It's going to be in all the stores, ladies and gentlemen. Jewel Osco. Jewel yeah. Osco. But yeah. the, uh, the red sauce and the green sauce are going right on the shelves. Nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So we're just waiting to ship it. It's and your, on your the burger's dock. still uh, flying off the plates at I think, I think my, I No, think that my, ended. I think it ended. Yeah. Oh. I think it ended, yeah. So it should be back by popular demand. Well, they need to bring it back and put it on yeah. the permanent menu. There you go. That's what they need to do because it was, it was one of their best sellers. They're talking about doing a different one. Really? Yeah, Sean was talking about doing a different one. Nice. Nice. Oh, okay. we, we, got, we got plenty of sauce. So, so until oh, the sauce. she said. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm wow. sorry, America. Even, I had to. It's not even the third segment. <laughs> hold, hold off. I had to, like, I had to. That's like the office. My man in the office. I had to do it, man. So until it makes the shelves at Jewel Osco, you can get your own bottle at gimmethehotsauce.com. The sauce packer, t- Tim, would be happy to take wow. care of you. Jeez. Tim will stutter there, Mark. You okay? <laughs> Woo! That sauce. Oh that's <laughs> he, right. He's back in that room late at night. Everybody's wondering sweating, what's going on. Sweating, yeah. and he's in a wrestling sling. Somebody hand me a towel, he keeps saying. Yeah, turn up the air. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Oh, my gosh. So get your Stacy King signature hot sauce at gimmethehotsauce.com. As we told you, we got something different coming up. We are going to stop laughing and snickering. And we have a serious interview coming up for, for your older listeners out there. You know all about the O.J. Simpson trial, the trial of the century. We will talk about that and a whole lot more with our special guest, Kim Goldman. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Episode 125 of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast rolls on. It is now our pleasure to welcome in New York Times bestselling author. She has her own podcast called Media Circus. She's an advocate for victims' rights. Kim Goldman joining the show. And, and Kim, thank you so much. I know that you uh, promoted your appearance today on Twitter, and you mentioned that you had to get your voice back because you were cheering for the Bulls uh, so loudly last night. You're a Buffalo Grove native and still a Bulls fan. I am. It was so stupid. My hands were sweating the whole time and I was punching my kid's leg and screaming and like, it was so fun. And I, I texted Stacy at some point going, they screwed up the score. Yeah, she did. She thought, she thought we did, they gave the point to Toronto and I, I was over there really looked like, did they really get the point? Cause I, yeah. I, I thought we should have been up more than what we were. And how about I, that last call when they call a I foul, gave him three yeah, shots. With that, with that last call when they gave uh, Siakam three shots on that phantom I, foul. I was wondering why they didn't call it. Why did they didn't challenge it? Yeah. Well, we. Know. I mean, there was like five. <laughs> I, I, I was so confused. I still work for the team. I can't say. What I, I can't I, say I what I really want to say. But you can, though, Kim. You can, and no one can do anything about mad. it. I was yelling for Derek Jones Jr. earlier, and then suddenly he appeared, and I was like, Ugh, "It's just they're." I don't know. I've been a fan for a really long time. Um, I got my kid to become a fan. His room is decked out in Bulls colors. He's got Derrick Rose, big old fat head on the wall. I've got my fiance recruited from New York over to the Bulls. So um, we are we are diehard over here. So it was super fun. And I'm hoping I love Jimmy Butler. And I'm I'm so sad we go against Jimmy, but I'm I'm rooting all the way. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sad. He's, he's in our way. He's in our way. Yeah, he's in a different jersey. You know, he'll always be a bull to me. Jimmy Buckets, I gave him that nickname. He'll always be one of my favorite players. But, you know, tomorrow he's an enemy. And uh, we want to we wanna spank that butt tomorrow and, mark and get back to Chicago and get ready to go to Milwaukee on Sunday. A hundred percent. And it's funny. I, I think we all had the same reaction with the screaming in the background for Jamar's daughter. I was like, is that a, is that a Raptor? Like <laughs> couldn't figure out what that was. And Sam's like, but they're playing it when the Toronto, when Toronto's up and I, I could not figure out what it was. And I, and then they put the uh, camera on her and I was like, Oh God, love that girl. Like that was so fun. And it was awesome. So cool to have her there and have that. So she was the MVP. Awesome. She was the MVP. Yeah. She, she so was, great. They missed 18 free throws because of that little girl. <laughs> Hopefully they bring her to Miami. And she was so deliberate too. She just was waiting so patiently for her moment. And I was like, this is brilliant. So you should watch yeah. them. You should watch them before the, you know, during the games of the bulls at the United center, they she, mimic she their does, dad. They mimic their dad. Whenever they go. Yeah. They do all that. This is the cutest thing. Yeah. Sam, my kid and I, Sam, we almost have it down. I, I, I think I forget one way and the pounding and what he does on the free throw line. I mean, my, my son is a basketball player. And so I used to mirror all of his free throw line antics too. So I understand it. Superstitious. <laughs> I get it. More power to him. It's working. Don't change anything. Nope. Nope. Except your underwear, unless it's not lucky. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Timmy Whispers wears dirty underwear to keep the Bulls winning. I just turned it inside out. That's not <laughs> too much clear. information. Let's be clear about TMI, this. baby. TMI. <laughs> Until the playoffs are over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Maureen really likes that. Oh, she does. <laughs> Sweet, but yeah, it's been it's been a ride, and I'm super I'm super bummed. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watch Blackhawks, but. Tonight, end of an era again with Captain Oh Captain to Jonathan be retiring Tapes. or not oh. having him. I'm just so sad. So it's a really breaking my heart over here. Well, losing losing Patrick Kane that that hurt too. You know that I you know. just always assume that those two guys are going to retire together. Yeah. Together, end together. of an era. Like you know, Butch Butch and Sundance kids. <laughs> so you know, and it just oh man, it didn't happen like that. It's terrible. 
the writing was on the wall, but I'm still so bummed and but still gonna wear my jersey. Me too. Yeah. Got my Jonathan Taser jersey. Hey Kim, obviously uh, people who have followed your career over the last 30 years or so know uh, that you've been become such a staunch advocate for victims' rights. You started the podcast Media Circus. Uh, maybe you can start out by telling our listeners why you know you decided to dedicate your life to helping these causes. Um, I think I, I mean, most importantly is because I saw firsthand the devastation um, of, of trauma and violent crime, and and I once I started sort of coming out of my own traumatic and grief stricken shell, I realized how many other people across the country were struggling and, and where there was such a disparage, a uh, disparity in, in, in equity, um, between victims and, and offenders. And, um, I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself and same with my dad. So we just put our nose to the ground and kind of figured out where we could best use our voice. And um, it led me to, you know, meet incredible people and do some lobbying and, and meet with legislators and community leaders. And um, I currently sit on the board for the National Center of Victim of Crime. I'm the chair of that. Um, and the work that we get to do to impact people all across the country is pretty phenomenal. And, you know, the, the, the podcast was just an extension of wanting to highlight and showcase the perseverance and the resiliency of victims because i think um it's so easy for us to just assume that we're in the fetal position curled up on the ground all the time crying and angry um but so many of us go on to doing pretty incredible things and we you know maybe not the most joyful life we ever would but we can function and, and we can do great work and and leave a, a happy legacy for those that are coming up behind us and um you know i think for for victims, you know, especially in high profile cases, um, you know, it's it's really hard to live your private tragedy in the public eye. And that adds a whole other element of trauma and isolation. And um, I really wanted to kind of go behind the scenes and tell people the story that they don't often get to know because the media might not cover it or they forget or it just isn't as salacious you know, as the criminal story or the law enforcement version of it. So um, I just wanted to give power where it deserved to be due. Yeah. You know, we were all captivated by supposedly the trial of the century. I, I remember every day I sit there and watch the <clears throat> the whole thing. And I was just like, wow, like there was something new, something different. Um, talk a little bit about your experience because you were in your 20s at that time and yeah you know and you sat there every single day with your family and you had to hear things you, you know things that you didn't want to hear per se or you know things you got to see and experience that you know that we didn't get to see behind the scenes because I, I mean I remember I was like in shock some of the things that were said talk a little bit about your your time being there and at that age and how that impacted you because I know you were close with your brother and how that impacted you um, I, I left school. I was living in San Francisco. I was in my last semester, um, uh, of my, uh, my, uh, psychology career. And, uh, I moved home into my dead brother's bedroom and, um, I went to court every single day. I, I missed one day. Um, there was no testimony that day, but I missed one day to have my, my wisdom teeth pulled. Um, but it was all I could do to make sure that my brother wasn't forgotten. And, um, 
you know, so much of the trial was focused on the killer and his attorneys and everything and Nicole. Um, but my brother was just so forgotten. Um, and so it was really important for us as a family to show up and make sure that people remembered who he was and what he meant to us. And it was torture. I mean, I never, I was 22. Um, I'd never seen the inside of a courtroom. Um, I, I, I just assumed you, you know, went there and the truth was told on a daily basis. I didn't even think for a second that it wouldn't be and and that all of the the crap could be slung against the wall. And I just I I was in for the shock of my life and I was hanging on by a thread, um, you know, because I wanted my brother to get justice. And I I didn't understand who I don't use his name, so um I didn't understand who the killer was. I didn't watch football. Um, I, I didn't follow his career. I had no idea um, at what we were walking into. I mean, it was, you know, at that time, this was this was pre-email. This was pre-internet. Um, and we were getting mail sent to us, you know, from, it was just Goldman family, Agora, California. There was no no zip code. Um, and it was, it was just unbelievable to be, we were like in a fishbowl and um, it's just, it was just hard. It was emotional every day. I mean, I, I'm already little as it was, but I dropped a ton of weight, couldn't sleep um, just, you know, but trying to be stoic. And, and I figured nothing that I was enduring was as much as what my brother endured in the last couple of minutes of his life. So um, there was no place I was going to be. We mentioned at the top of the interview that you you grew up in the Buffalo Grove area. What uh, was Ron's motivation in moving out to Los Angeles, and how did he come to meet Nicole? Um, well, the motivation was my dad um, didn't love the winters anymore. He grew weary of um, uh, the just the winter weather, and he found a job. My dad. Um, it's funny you guys were talking about the podcast, the display in the back. I mean this. The hot sauce in the back. My dad used to design those displays that you have that he would put in the grocery wow. store. Oh, wow. the movie theaters. The, yeah. Um, so uh, he moved. We found a job. He found a job here. He got married and he moved all of us to California in um, 87. Um, my brother was the most excited out of all of us because he loved the sun um, and he took to it like nobody's business. I was miserable, um, but my brother beefed up and got bulky and got tan and grew his hair out and puka shells and the whole nine yards and just fell absolutely in love with being here. I mean, it was just, it was the perfect place for him. And he moved to Brentwood. Um, I don't remember why he moved to Brentwood, to be honest with you, but he moved to Brentwood because it's a, you know, cool, kitschy uh, town. And um, he met Nicole uh, supposedly through the gym um, and they became friends and they hung out at Starbucks. I don't, for people that don't understand Brentwood, it's a really small community. It's just made up of a couple of streets, basically. So you tend to know everybody in that town and it's younger people and hip and they became friends. I mean, I, I didn't, there's a lot of rumors that they were dating. Uh, my brother was in a relationship with, with another woman um, at the time and he and Nicole were friends. And that's as far as I know. And his deed of returning the sunglasses that night ended the way we all know that it did. So, yeah, that that's the <clears throat> that's that's the thing we were talking about um, earlier before you came on is like, here's a here's a kid that's going to California to, you know, chase a dream, you know, to make his life better. He's with his family uh, and then he does a good deed. You know, he finds, you know, gets, you know, her 
she calls him, says the sunglasses or glasses are there. We bring him over and he's just doing a good deed. And, and to be able to come in that situation um, in the court, when they were talking about that, um, cause you hear theories, there was more than one person. There was, you know, he had, you know, there was, you know, two knives there or whatever. Um, what is your take on that? I mean, you were there. I mean, was it, was it one person or do you think there was more than one person involved? The evidence only showed one person, the blood trail, the hair, the fibers only pointed to one person. So, you know, the defense's job is to throw up a bunch of other options. I mean, at one point they were saying that my brother was the intended target of the cartel and it was the Colombian necktie. And then it was Faye Resnick was the intended target. And then like they, that's what they're supposed to do. And obviously, you know, throwing some of those theories out and then capitalizing on his fame. And, you know, um, the we were coming off of the Rodney King beatings yes. here um, and the trial here in Los Angeles. And so we were coming off of a tremendous amount of toxicity and hate towards the police department. And they capitalized on that. And it worked. I mean, as I said, the evidence, I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but when the DNA was released, the, the results of the DNA, and it was just early on. I mean, I, I hate to think it's been almost 30 years, but you know, when they were talking about the DNA results, and I remember sitting in the courtroom and they were pulling back the slides to tell you, you know, one in 7 billion chance it could be anybody else but him, one in 3 billion. I mean, it was just there's no other person that it could have been. My brother's hair and fibers were where they shouldn't have been if it wasn't him. He, my brother's hair and his fibers were in the killer's car. Like, why? Why? Yeah. They were on his cap. They were on his socks. Like, his my brother's hair and fiber were 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 the smoking gun in that regard. In terms of it, it wouldn't have been there um, unless it wasn't the killer that did it. So, I held out in terms of who I thought it was. Um, until the DNA, and then it was just, it was undeniable for me at the, until that point. You mentioned the fact that... Re- oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, you mentioned the fact that you have to live out private grief in a public forum, and that's got to be the toughest thing to have to go through. Uh, how has that impacted your life and the lives of, of your loved ones over these past 28 years? Um, I think I'm still in it, you know? I mean, I... I Every day is a, is a new trip. I mean, I, I I talk often about grief and how it's um, you know predictably unpredictable. And I'm in a different phase of my life now with my with my son being the age he is and him moving into new, another phase of his life. And um, you know, my dad is getting older, and now I'm recognizing that if you know, God forbid, my dad passes away, I'm I I I'm on my own. Like I I it's just it kind of reiterates the loss you know when i don't have my best friend and my brother to share this phase of our life with we were both early in our 20s and and really just on the cusp of of adulthood and like excitement for life and and to have that taken away at such an early age i i just i'm i'm super sad still um i'm grieving every day and you know i'm supposed to because that's how much i loved him and it it doesn't mean I can't function. It doesn't mean I can't have joy and, and appreciate the good in the world. Um, but it takes its toll for sure. I haven't slept a good night since June 12th or June 13th, 1994. Um, I'm sure I've got post, you know, PTSD in here somewhere. Um, but it's also allowed me to do great work, um, and to lead, live my life with a different intention than I may have before. So. Hey, hey Kim, did, uh, have you become friends with any of the people that were 
basically of notoriety during the case. So like Faye Resnick, you mentioned, Cato Kalin, any of these people, do you ever hang out with any of these people that were part of that? Um, no, not, not Faye for sure. Um, Cato was an interesting duck. Um, uh, I, I did a podcast a handful of years ago called Confronting um, O.J. Simpson, and I went back and talked to um, a lot of the key players um, and had just really candid conversations because I felt like everybody else was telling a story and, and I didn't really have a voice in it. And I wanted to, you know, talk to Tom Lang and I, one of the detectives, I went and talked to Cato. I, you know, Chris Darden and I, one of the prosecutors were super good friends. I wanted to talk to Marsha. I wanted to talk to the jurors. Um, so that was important for me to, to be in control of those conversations because so much of this happened around me um, that I felt kind of out of control. So Cato, to answer your question, um, he was nervous to meet my dad and I, and he was nervous around us because he thought we hated him, um, which is weird. I, I just thought he was a goof. Um, and I am upset that there were things that he didn't testify to that he had told the team beforehand, but that's for a, that's for a different podcast. Um, but yeah, Chris and I are super good friends. I stay connected to, um, you know, other people in, in the DA's office that have moved on to <laughs> other roles. Um, a lot of the reporters and journalists I'm still close with, um, but you know, we've, we're all connected in such a deep, profound level, um, that I, and I'm grateful. They, they fought for my brother in a way that I, um, I'm so appreciative for, and even though we didn't get the result that we wanted, um, they showed up for him every single day and they lost their careers. They lost their reputations. Many of them, um, suffered the same way that we did with death threats and stalking and, you know, racist comments and, you know, just the absolute, you know, breaking us over the coals for these years. Um, and they, I just owe them a debt of gratitude despite how it meant, how it ended. Did you ever talk to any of the defense attorneys in that, uh, oh, process? No. no, God, no, no. Okay. I, 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 I raised my hand in celebration when all of them, when some of them went by the wayside and I, and I refused to use legal zoom. So there you go. Talk, talk a little bit, talk a little bit about your father, um, you know, watching that trial, you know, he loses his son and just seeing the pain that he had to endure that whole trial, reliving that whole process. Uh, talk a little bit about him and, and, you know, talk about how he's doing now. Um, my dad, so my brother and I were raised by my dad. Um, my, my birth mom left us when we were really young. So it was just the three of us growing up. Um, and, and that was in the seventies, which is unheard of for a, a single man to be awarded full custody of his kids. So, um, and my dad fought like hell to get us. And I'm so grateful that my dad, um, is the man that he is that, you know, was willing to do whatever it took to make sure that he had his kids under his wing and that he showed up every single day to give us a, a good life and provide us with, you know, morals and ethics and, and love and kindness. And, um, my dad, who the world saw was exactly who I was raised with loving and kind and, and passionate and an advocate for his family and loyal to a fault. Um, it's devastating to see the impact on my dad. Um, he's still, as weepy as ever, both of us are big crybabies. Um, he is the sweetest, smartest, most wonderful human um, in, in my life. And I'm I'm grateful that the world got to meet him. I'm sad that you did, but I'm grateful because he's just fantastic. Um, he's, he's getting older and I can see the cracks a little bit. Um, 
which is really hard. Um, but my dad is still fighting every day and just happy and just joyful and, um, just always cracking stupid jokes and still has his mustache, but he's definitely, um, he's in the next phase and that's really hard, but you know, that's what happens. So could you tell us a little bit about the podcast that you launched last year called media circus? So what's the, uh, the driving force behind the podcast? Um, the driving force is that it's super uh, important for me to, to let people in behind the scenes as to what's happening to victims and survivors and what they do in the aftermath. Um, so many of the people that I was able to interview and speak to have done incredible work, um, in the advocacy world, um, for gun safety, LGBTQ issues, um, uh, you know, Rodney King's daughter was a guest, um, and she was phenomenal, but it's really just connecting you to the stories that you think, you know, and that you think you have figured out and really just giving you a firsthand look to what, what we're like and, and an opportunity that to teach people how to view these kind of stories, you know, we're so consumed. I heard you before, you know, before about how many stations we have and, and streaming services and just the access to people's lives are at a ridiculously high level that I think we've become super desensitized and how we consume information and people's trauma and, and, you know, we just, we just, it's all over the place that so we don't even stop for a second and realize the impact that it has. And so Part of telling these stories is to remind listeners and viewers that these are people's real life. And just because you can turn off your TV and unplug your headphones does not mean that our grief and trauma ended. Um, and we're, you know, chipping away every day to, to, to be healthy and strong and, and find purpose. Um, so part of it is to educate journalists on how to cover true crime and how to handle and, and to be um you know, authentic in their reporting and honest in their reporting and, and, and to realize the impact when you make mistakes and you rush to judgment and, um, you know, treat us with such disrespect that there's an impact and we see everything, you know, I mean, I, perfect example is, you know, I, I, someone emailed me yesterday, uh, to be on their podcast and said that they wanted me on because of my interest in the OJ Simpson trial and all the mystery surrounding it. And I'm like, it's a really insensitive thing to say to me, (laughs) like, my interest in the, like, and then I, and so I casually said, you know, I, I'm going to decline, but you should maybe pay attention as to how you approach a victim. Like, and he says, Oh, I just thought you were interested in the case. I didn't realize how connected you were. I'm like, dude, then do your research. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, and you know, and in, in another time I, I may have said something a little bit nastier, but I was like, let me just educate you. Let me educate you on how to do this. And, and most of us are, are willing and wanting to tell our story, but, I don't owe you anything. Like, I don't owe you my time. I don't owe you my tears. I don't owe you my grief. If I feel like it's legitimate and I feel like you're respectful and you are truly caring about what I have to say, then I'm going to show up because I want nothing more than to tell the world about my, my brother. And that's how most of us feel. So can it's a great uh, opportunity to do that. So, Hey, Kim, can you tell us a little bit about his tattoo and his uh, the restaurant he wanted to open? Oh, I love that you know that. Um, my brother, um, uh, had a, a tattoo of an onk, which I don't know if you probably can't see it, but I have one on my arm for resilient with an onk, um, on my flabby arms. Um, he had a tattoo on his arm for, uh, uh, it meant eternal life in, in Greek. That's what I've been told. Um, and the restaurant, my brother wanted to open up like a 
bar, coffee house that sold food kind of thing in the shape of an ankh. Um, and he wanted to uh, invite local artists and, you know, have poetry nights and, and artists and readings and stuff um, and to be able to just celebrate art and, and music. Um, and he had a business plan all set up and funders and he had scheduled a meeting with my dad. My dad's a real hard ass sometimes on some of these things. So he needed my brother to come with him a business plan and, and you know, all of his 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 work to show my dad um, what he wanted to do and um uh, obviously didn't happen, but um, he just, my brother was a dreamer. He had no idea what he wanted to do with his life. College was not his thing. Lasted one semester at Illinois State. Um, and, uh, you know, he was just kind of trying to find his way. And I think that's, for me, some of the biggest heartbreak is that he just didn't didn't get there. When you when you look at the, the, the case didn't turn out the way it should have turned out, and you go to the civil case, and... You guys win that case. He was convicted in the civil case. He's, you know, he has to pay the victims all this money. Uh, he really doesn't do any time. Like, he doesn't do any real time. Um, now you see him walking around. You know, he, he got he got put in jail for the trying to get his stuff back. But now he's out playing golf. He's out doing the things that he's doing. How, how does that make you and your family feel that he really never had to you know, go through anything like you guys have gone through. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the civil case was an opportunity for us to kind of take some ownership back over, um, our, 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 my, my brother and what happened. Um, you know, we, we knew that there was never going to be any jail time because that's not how the system works when it's civil. It's the, 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 the punishment is financial and, um, you know, that struck a chord with people that we were money hungry. I mean, the, the hate mail that we got, you know, the, the, the hate crimes, that, I mean, the hate mail that we got for being Jewish, um, you know, was like off the chart. So we did that because it was important for us to have it on the record that he was responsible for Ron and Nicole's murder. And a jury of 12 unanimously voted that he was. Um, and that was fantastic. But, you know, 30 seconds after the verdict came back, he walked out the same door that I did and went to get ice cream. I mean, there was a helicopter that followed him all the way to Ben and Jerry's. And, um, you know, that was a big slap in the face, but we knew that going in. Um, we've never been able to collect. Um, I can't even tell you what the dollar amount is now. And it's like 70 million or something that he owes our family. Uh, but our laws, um, protect debtors especially when you live in florida and then you hide all of your assets <laughs> legally wow. um so uh there's not much we can do except stay on him and cannot you know not let him off the hook there's a lot of things that he can't do because he has a, a, a judgment um but he's certainly able to live off of his pension um he lives in vegas in a gated community supposedly gifted to him by somebody i don't know um but he's he's not in any way suffering financially um he can't do some of the big things that he wants but it's it's hard it's like a pouring salt in a wound um he's on twitter i get you know, tagged in all of his BS. Um, it's hard to to not see him. And, um, you know, that's part of what I was saying before about the internet, that even if I don't want to, it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, any stupid comment he's referred to constantly. I don't, I was just watching something the other night and they refer to him in the, in the show. So like, I can't, I can't escape it. And so I have to figure out a way to, 
to breathe through it um, because he is who he is. And, and I, I can't ever stop that, but it sucks. I'll tell you. Have you seen him in any place? Like, have you bumped into him in, in, you know, anywhere since the trial? Um, so he spoke one time um, of driving next to me on the freeway here in Los Angeles. Um, I have a, a license plate that's, that's identifiable. Um, and so he drove next to me and was bragging about, um, cause he, he, and he said he was in uh, disguise and I didn't recognize him. And so he thought that was hilarious. And then, um, I came across him in a parking lot once. Um, and, uh, I wrote about it in my book that it was like my, my, my hands were sweaty and they were gripping the steering wheel because I thought, oh my gosh, nobody's around. It's totally him. I know his walk. I studied the back of his head. For nine months in that courtroom, I knew I knew everything, and I remember like wanting to step on it, you know. And uh, I, obviously, I didn't. Um, I I know better. My dad raised me better. Um, but uh, that was that was pretty chilling. But other than that, no. Wow. Well, Kim, you've been so generous with your time and then looking back on such a painful era, I want to kind of wrap things up by talking about something that, that Tim told me about that Ron used to play basketball with Tim and Stacy. They played pickup ball at a local health club and Tim said they'd go out for a beer and have a good time. And I know that in doing some of the research for this interview, I read that you guys had planned to live next to each other and always be close. C- can you tell our audience what Ron was like and, and how much, how much he's missed? Yeah, um, Stacy told me that story. It's wonderful and loving. I, I love hearing it. Um, my brother, you know, like I said before, we were we were raised just the, the two of us with my dad. I was in a really really bad car accident when I was just turning fourteen, and and um, my brother was the one that pulled me from the car. Like I covered in battery acid, and it was my brother that was the first one to be there with me and hold my hand and stay with me in the hospital and. You know, we've just been through so much together and, and, you know, me and my dad and my brother were just inseparable and, and my, he just was the best guy. Like I was the little girl that followed him around everywhere. You know, we were latchkey kids and and my brother never pushed me aside. I mean, not until I, you know, had boobs and they're small as they were, not until I had boobs (laughs) did my brother say, no, 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 you can't come around anymore. But, you know, I, he really just was such a protector and loved me. And I, I was looking through pictures the other day of my, uh, my bat mitzvah and there was a picture of my brother and I, and he was holding my hand, like in the picture, just my, like, just gently my, my hand. Um, and that's how we always were arm in arm, hand in hand. He always, you know, looked out for me. I was his baby sister, but he just was incredible to me. Um, and I, I kind of have grown past the point of wanting to tell stories about him because who I want people to know is exactly who my brother was in the last couple seconds of his life. He stayed to fight. He didn't run. He fought tooth and nail and he fought like hell to save his friend and his own life. And that's who he was. I mean, he, he could have gone the other way, you know, um, he could have run for his own protection and he didn't, and he stayed and he lost his life being a good human. And, um, you know, that, that just sort of sums up exactly who he was as a brother and a son. So that's, that's what I want people to know. And, um, I'm going to forever tell that story because it's the most beautiful heroic thing that I think anybody can do. Wow. Well, the, the podcast again is called media circus. Kim, we want to thank you so much for joining us. And I know you're going to continue to fight the good fight and help 
uh, victims' rights around the country. So thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing some of your memories on here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Of course, I appreciate your kindness, you guys. Thank you. And yeah. keep bringing us some good mojo tomorrow. We'll be, right. we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be tweeting back and forth tomorrow, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Drive home safely, BB. And thanks for not being one of those weak Laker fans after someone moves to California. I hate that. Nope. Nope. Yes. I yes. will tell you this last thing before we go. My brother, my son is a huge basketball kid. Played since he was in second grade. Loved Kobe until I showed him Michael Jordan, and that was the end of that. There and you go. There you no, go. <laughs> no, I'm not capping on on Kobe, but I raised him right in this house. So. Yes. Oh, he's yeah. got to get the man card then. Yeah, we got to get the man card. We're, we'll get we're to gonna the man you, card. We're going to send you our hot sauce, my hot sauce. It's, it's uh, as you can see, a little display back here. Uh, yep. It's very tasty and delicious, I have to say so myself. I have two my own horn, beep, beep. <laughs> Stacy's a big deal. He's got his own signature burger, the whole thing. You know, he's a big I'm I didn't a, know about the burger. Where is it's that? It's at Goose Island here in Chicago. Okay. I'm just a man right. sitting next to the man. <laughs> okay, that's it. You know, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a regular guy out there. You know, he's the real mayor. Uh, no, I'm not the mayor. I, you know, they, people say I should have ran, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Awesome. Well, all right. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank we appreciate guys. it. Talk to you Thanks, soon. Kim. Thank you so much. All right, be good. Kim Goldman, our guest, episode 125 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We'll be back after a quick break. Quick break. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Kim Goldman. As Stacy told you right at the outset uh, when we started this project, uh, we're going to talk about more than just sports. And that was a fascinating conversation about a time that will will live on forever. People will always be talking about the trial of the century with O.J. Simpson. Yeah, it was a very captivating time. You know, um, it seems how long? Maybe 30 years now? Was it? Almost 30 years. Man, yeah, 94, 95. You, it's just hard to believe it's been that long. It seems like it just happened. Yeah. And, you know, just sitting there listening to her, you know, talk, you know, you just, your heart just breaks for her oh, family. Yeah. Still. And you she know? said she hasn't had a good night's sleep since, since 94. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ne- neither have I, but that's for different reason. <laughs> wow. This guy, here we are. Here we go. It's always about whispers, <laughs> see, right? See, we're, we're here in a serious moment. <laughs> oh, and man. He, oh, man. Oh, hey, he, just, to, he just jumped in out yeah. of nowhere. I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit. Come on, man. Well, we're having an intelligent conversation here, and then you come in with this stupidity. Well, oh. did you ever see those surveys about should he be removed from the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yes. And what do you think? Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's football. He was still that. So he's still that running back. Well, Pete Rose isn't in the baseball hall of fame because he gambled. That's wrong. And I think then he should be on two hall of fames. Because there's the murder hall of fame, you should get in there, but that's wow. okay too. Wow, here we go. Uh, we we don't share the same <laughs> no, views. No, it's all on an island. This, this is, is a whispers island. island. Hey, I see my point. Oh, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. What is the point, Tim? The point is, if you're good at something, you get recognized. Wow. And he was a monster. I, I'm As sorry. A, I'm he was sorry. a great running back. Yeah, is what you should. Yeah, have no, said. no, no. He was a point. monster. Yeah. But he was a great running back, and you leave I, it at that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Words are important, Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah, your words are like <laughs> knives. I mean, they're no. stabbing both me and Mark right now. I don't. You missed my point. I'm sorry. You missed my point. Point went over. Let's change the subject very quickly. This guy, hey man, is a mute button. Major League Baseball season, we're two weeks in, and, and a familiar storyline for White Sox oh, fans. They've got players all over the injured list. It seems to happen every year. Last year, they were able to finish 81 and 81 despite so many injuries. Right now, Eloy Jimenez is on the injured list with a hamstring strain. Yohan Moncada's day to day, he's got a back issue. Um, you know, just. Tim Anderson is going to be out two to four weeks. He strained his knee when a guy slid into him the other day. 
you know, after a while, it's, it's more than a coincidence. It keeps happening to the same team, Stacey. you got to wonder what's going on. Well, I think the Bulls and the White Sox need to get together and find out who has a voodoo doll. Someone has a voodoo doll. It's this is just not a coincidence anymore. It was cute. three years. It was it was a cute, you know, before, but now it's starting to become real serious. Now people are going down, dropping like flies. We need to find who it is. If it's a, this is this is a fan who's upset with the organizations, please show your face. Just please come out and tell us why you're doing this. We're gonna beat you up. Take your voodoo doll away from you. But don't make one of me, baby. Don't make one of me, baby. Please, well, I'm it, sorry. It was funny. Last couple of years, everybody said, well, Tony LaRusso is asleep in the dugout. Well, you got a new manager now, and you got the same problems. Bad base running, bad fielding, and a ton of injuries. Well, you know, I was a big fan of Tony LaRusso sleeping because, like, sometimes you're tired. You just want to take a nap. <laughs> Especially when you're late 70s, you're <laughs> so, tired a lot. Hey, so, Tony, I'm not, hey, I'm not, I'm not falling, Tony. Tony, there's been times that I want to fall asleep during the game, but I don't. Because my energy is too high. So you might need to take what I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five hour energy. Five hour energy. Five, hey, five We're hour. always looking for hey, a new sponsor here. Five on hour energy. Sauce. If you want to sponsor That's me, right. baby, I take it every game. Come <laughs> come find me. I'll tell you, we'll do a commercial together, baby. Five hours, it works, baby. <laughs> Cubs Shameless. are off to a decent start. Shameless. They're six and five. Uh, they've got a makings of a nice pitching staff, and Dansby Swanson has been a great addition yes. to the team. I, I think the Cubs have a chance to maybe hang in that race for this season. No. Talking about wild wow. card. I'm not talking about winning the World Series. No. Wow. No. Hater. Cup it's hater. early. It's early. It's early. We're in the Baltimore Orioles cap listen, here. Listen, He's got the Jan Happ listen, extension. Listen, they're listen, making moves. Listen, they're they they're gonna early. They're gonna be okay. They're gonna run into the same problems that the White Sox are gonna run into. They're gonna have injuries. It's gonna derail yeah. them as well. As long as their pitching is good, they got a shot. But I'm sorry, Cubby fans. As much as I want to jump on the bandwagon, I've, I've been. My heart's been broken many times with these Chicago teams. <laughs> I just can't do it. Can't do it, Mark. Can't do it. Hey, before we get out of here, I know you have, we'll have some advice for Lamar Jackson, who is still oh. trying to get, work out a contract with the Baltimore Ravens, who did add Odell Beckham Jr. as a catcher. But he said today in his news conference that uh, there were no assurances that Lamar will be here on opening day because there are no assurances in life. But Lamar, I think, uh, would be best served to get himself an agent to get this thing done. Lamar Jackson, if you're out there listening to me, get you an agent, man. Don't don't negotiate this. Because I think what Lamar thought was he was going to get the same contract to Sean Watson, yeah. which that ruined everything for quarterbacks. Because now that's, the, all ben, guaranteed. That's, that's the benchmark for all the quarterbacks now. They want that type of money. Deshaun Watson hasn't won anything. And he got paid like that. You know, Lamar Jackson has produced. He has produced a winning team. He's been, you know, deep in the playoffs. You know, he's won his division. Um I can see his point, but you got to get an agent. You can't go in there and negotiate yourself because, um, you know, you hear things when you go in there, Mark, you don't want to hear, you know, like oh, for yeah. instance, when you're, you're in there to negotiate, all right, Lamar, uh, why do you think we should pay you, you know, a hundred million dollars? Well, cause I'm a good quarterback. Well, you've only won one playoff game. Well, you only won one playoff game, but, yeah. but it's not my fault. You know, well, you're hurt. You're injury prone. Yeah. But a lot of people get hurt. You know, and so you got to hear all this thing. We don't want to pay you because you get hurt. You get to hear things you don't want to hear yeah. when you're going in there to negotiate. That's why you pay. Listen, go ahead and pay the. Well, I don't know what the percentage is for agents for football. Let's just say it's let's say it's four percent or something. Give them four percent. Get your money. Yeah. You know, because you're gonna you're gonna end up. You know, you're gonna make a hundred million, hundred million plus, and that four percent is nothing compared to what you're losing when you're going there negotiating for yourself. Yeah. Half man, half season. 
Wow, this guy, this guy's in rare form. I don't know what was in the in the water in Florida, but he's come back here and he's just oh man, he's he, well, I'm gonna start. His nickname is the Mood Killer. That's what I would have said. Just kills the mood. <laughs> really? Come on. Kills you miss a lot mood. of games like Zion Williamson, or you go back to the Vince Carter days. If you can't play, well, you're not going anywhere. What's the first skill you have to have? Availability. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Which versus the king of transitions because yes. he brings every segment to a grinding halt. Yes, a grinding halt. So I'm looking halt. at my sheet and I'm going, where, what can we talk about now? Let's, let's start it up know, again. Are we supposed to be talking about movies? Yeah, watching? that's what we're going to do right now. This week's What Are We Watching? Man Code Violation brought to you by Bigger's Mazda. Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Bigger's is offering a bottle of Stacy's signature hot sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Bigger's Mazda. Tell them, give me the hot sauce sent you, and they will uh, give you a test drive, set you up with a delicious bottle of the hot sauce. It was packed by the packer himself. Timmy whispers. All right, Stace, right. What, what are you watching this week? What do you got? You, you had some great recommendations uh, on movies last week. Uh, yes, there's some great recommendations. Go ahead, guys, show my list, please. Do we have it? Oh, there it is right oh, there. Oh, that's right, that new Beef. Netflix series. Has anyone seen Beef? I haven't seen okay. it. Beef, I didn't know what to expect. I was just, you know, kind of thumbing through Netflix, and I just saw Beef. So, you know, Beef, my definition of Beef is someone fighting. So yeah. I thought that's that what middle fingers? Be. That's what I was trying to figure out. And this there. starts with, like, road rage? It starts, It start, okay, first, okay, America, I don't want to tell you the whole thing, but you got to watch it because it's like a three or four part thing. But the two characters you see on screen right there are pitted against one another. They come from different worlds, different, you know, different walks of life. The guy that you see in there, you know, he's he's a guy trying to help his family's restaurant or for the restaurant guy went out of business because he invested in a guy, his cousin. They lost all the money, yada, yada. So he's he's pissed off. So he looks like a guy when you first see the show, he's in a Home Depot or something. He's in some kind of store and he's bought like like some grills. He's got like five grills. Like who needs five grills? But he has them. So he just he's just frustrated. He's really angry. He's like very angry. He's in the line, angry. Someone's in front of him. He, he just looked like a guy who's just gonna just like shoot up the store. That's what it looked like. I was like, oh please don't show this. I don't want to see this. Yeah. And then he leaves and he gets in his car and he almost gets hit by this girl, by this that girl you just saw. She runs right by him, almost hits him, and he's like honking a horn and she's taking off and he ends up following her. And he writes her her license plate number, which I don't know how he did it, because you know, I don't know. That's pretty impressive how he did that. But he got a license plate number and no where she is and knows where she lives and so that's how it starts it just starts him stalking trying to find her she's she's comes from a fluent family she's an artist and uh she's really she has a really nice house and everything and so 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 he finds her and she he's he's us he does handyman work so he finds her and he goes to her house and she's giving her estimate of what she needs done in her house how much it's gonna cost to do this whatever yada yada and uh goes to the bathroom can I use your bathroom, yada, yada. And so, yeah, he recognizes that she's the car that he's been chasing, the license plate. So then he goes into his her bathroom and does an R. Kelly in there. <laughs> all over the place. And then runs out. 
And so she's trying to find him. Like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? She goes in the bathroom, sees her bathroom just all just yeah. like a truck stop, you know, a rest like stop. A you know? Like a truck stop, rest <laughs> stop. You ever see that? You go to those little nasty bathrooms? Yeah, yeah. Y'all know I'm not lying. You pull off to the side of the road and go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom, go in a little truck stop. Oh my God, it's terrible. Oh, you just like, you, you walk out, you just feel like you caught something. You're just like scratching. Y'all, Lord. I've had person. to throw shoes away. Oh, PTSD, man. PTSD. That's how I am. So, so she chases him. Yeah. She writes his license plate number down, so that's where I stop watching it. So I'm watching the next. So episode that's that's tonight. the beef. We got a beef, beef going. Yes, right. beef going. Whispers, you got something for us this week? Uh, secession. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Th- now don't give it away what happened last week because oh, you're gonna so- ruin it for people. <laughs> yeah, it's great though. <laughs> you know, I thought the first two episodes of the season were were, were pretty slow. What did you think? Uh, yeah, but the way they built that up, yeah, and, they, uh, they, they certainly they, set up. They the, like uh, the tension. It's like the yeah. theme song. So the. Uh, the fight to see who's going to take over the media empire has reached a whole new level. Yeah. We'll just say it, say it that way. Change the name of the company. I mean, I am. We're going to become Waystar. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've had enough businesses in your time, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the new name. <laughs> Tellerade brought to you by Waystar. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great show on HBO. You, you should check it out. It's the final season of Succession. Three episodes in and uh, try to binge them all at once because you won't believe what happens in episode three. I was talking to Stacy the other day on the phone. I said, yeah, I, I fell for another uh, CIA, FBI thing. It's called Night Agent. It's on Netflix. Uh, you see the young guy who was uh, kind of a disgraced FBI guy. His dad was uh, accused of leaking secrets, government secrets, and he's trying to follow and clear his dad's name and his own. And uh, he gets involved in a, in a scandal that goes up to the top levels of government. So it's a good show, really well done. And uh, the actress who plays the person that he's trying to save is, is, is easy on the eyes as well. So that's always nice. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. How hot is she? <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, let me put it this no. way. Don't for bring the graphic, a baby home. For the graphic, don't bring a home. I would have put her up instead of the, the night. Oh, okay. okay. Mission house guy. I don't agree with that. I'm not involved in any of this. This is a pre-production meeting that I was not part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's not talk about Stacy's recommendations right now. What are you talking about, my recommendation? My recommendation is good. <laughs> Behind the scenes. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> He's always talking. As soon again, as the guy gets defensive, again, I'm it's looking a at my sheet. Where do we go from here? Oh yes, my right. gosh. Yeah, you know, first of all, t- first of all, he's like an old refrigerator. Yeah. He can't keep nothing in. Okay, I kept I t- it all in. I, I tell him, I tell him these things. What's going on with me? He's like yeah. getting ready to blurt it out on a podcast. Oh my! Put God. you on Front Street. Yeah, come on, man. Don't it, front me. It out keeps like the fans guessing. That's where Listen, we're at. Okay, well, that is tune true. in next week. You'll find out more. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that's like the cliffhanger. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. The, te- the teaser. Is the teaser. The hook. Oh, you don't want to know the teaser. Oh lord. <laughs> Hey, Stacey, is your buddy Mike back? No, man. Where's Mike's, he at? Mike's, Mike's radiator is... I think he's supposed to come back next week. Mike, I know, you, I know you're listening. I just want to send a shout-out to my boy Mike. Mike, you were sorely missed today. I was almost in 10 accidents today. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> my, driver, my driver's What's your talking. driver's name? I don't know. I, I, can, I wasn't worried about his name, Mark. I'm just trying to get my ass here you're safely. Just, you're just hanging on for dear life. I was, like, baby, I, was like a, I was like a little cat back there, baby. I was like holding on. I was like, oh, come on, baby. I was trying to go to sleep. I was like, 
I'm like, oh, what's going so, on? So when you walk out the door, when we finish the show, he's going to be over with the baseball bat going, hey, I was listening you to the show. You know what? You'll get a two-piece. Okay? <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, get in the car, start it, and get me home safe. Don't worry about what I said, Mark. Don't worry, don't, don't worry about what I said. Just take care of your business. You know, it seems kind of difficult for you to do this Windy City Limousine read, out, read after that story, but give it a try, Stacey. Okay, hold on. Hold on, America. <laughs> I'm a little shaking right always, now. Always, always the best professional oh. service, except <laughs> just a little shaky right now. Sorry, America. <laughs> Windy City Limousine provides championship service. See, I see, I get myself back under control. That's a pro. Making reservation is so easy; it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Wendy at 847-916-9300 or visit us online at WindyCityLimos.com and ask for Mike Amaroth if he ever gets his car <laughs> back. Ask for Mike. Or Brian Hennigan. Brian Hennigan, that was my second driver. Brian Hennigan, he drove me to Milwaukee. He's a good one. I heard a story about Brian. My uh, sister-in-law had a friend who knows Brian Hennigan. Oh, that's he right. Yeah. He told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah how about small that? World. Small world. He said, he said, you're on the golf course? He said, you live yeah, on the golf course. That's why I was afraid that it was him that was, <laughs> was getting you killed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I can't drop hey, any names here. Yeah, he, he told me. He said, yeah, I know Mark. He's on the golf course all the time yeah. yelling at the golfers. I'm like, what? Like, get off my lawn. I was like, oh, no, not Chanowski. That no, sounds about right. No, man. Brian's a cool dude. He's a, right. he's a real cool dude, man. He was uh, He's much bigger than Mike. He's a heavyweight. Mike's yeah. like a welterweight. So I felt really safe in Milwaukee with Brian. All right. So yeah. not, now shout out to Brian. When the Bulls play the Bucks in game one on Sunday, Stacy will be arriving in style, courtesy of Windy City. Oh, Limousine. man. Listen, Windy City, all, all jokes aside, man, I, I could not be doing, get to places I need to go without Windy City. Windy City, man, oh, it's just been, it's been an amazing run with these guys. They always take care of me. So I'm just happy. So I don't even know what to say right now. I feel like Rudy Gobert right now. So I'm just... Thank you, Wendy City. Thank you. Hey, we want to thank everybody. The, uh, the Sriracha crew was very interested in our interview, even though none of them were born when uh, the yeah. O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, that's yeah. scary, isn't it? It is. You we're know what? Looking at these face, fresh faces. Nobody was born back in 1994. I was that's watching. Weird. I went to. I went to a comedian. Nicky was. I went to a comedian show. Uh, Jay Farrell. Was, uh, yeah, yeah. And he was. He made a funny comment about his daughter. Uh, you know, she. He asked. You know, she asked him when he was born or something, and he said like you know 1980 or whatever. And she goes, "Wow, you're old," because she was born in 20. The you know yeah, 2010, yeah. 2015, something like that. And he's like, "Damn, dude, you're old." Did, did you know George Washington? <laughs> and and I and I thought about what he said, Mark, because it was like, yeah, because these kids who were born in two thousand, yeah. now you're you know you're meeting people that are born in 1985, 99. You think they're really old? Wow, Woo. boy, you and yeah. Tim are really old. Yeah, we got NBA players born after two thousand now, so yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, we want to thank yeah. again. I just don't look at. <laughs> we want to thank Kim Goldman for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that interview. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Uh, hopefully, Stacy will have a long series to uh, talk about Bulls Bucks, so we may have to reschedule at some point. But yes. next Thursday should be good because the schedule for the first round is Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So look for us again next Thursday on YouTube. And then, of course, the next day you can find it on the Odyssey app and wherever you find your favorite podcast. And make sure that, uh, you know, 
you subscribe to the show on YouTube. Yes. And, and Odyssey. You help the show grow, America. Yeah. You know, you know this is a hot show. Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast show. So your favorite podcasters are watching this show. So you need to, too. Okay, help help them program Yeah, grow. make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get those yes, numbers yes, up. Yes, come on now. Come yeah. on, help, help a brother out. You Appreciate yeah. you listening and watching. And, and Whispers is done embarrassing us, so it's time to say yeah, goodbye. it's time to say goodbye. I got more. <laughs> oh my god shout out to the sriracha crew we got yeah. a new member uh cousin tommy yeah yeah we got a new got a new member right there uh dangerous d got can uh he got uh picked up by the fbi he's a legal alien there's tommy uh, there's tommy. tommy right there welcome tommy welcome to the show man glad to have you uh ride the wave with us baby that's what we do here we ride the wave and there's you know there's N uh, nicky knuckles right there as he's running here he's got his little he's got his little spanky haircut going on there like like our gang and then you got we got ll cool j over here uh you know, francisco with his bucket hat on and then we got we got the beautiful maddie she she brings the 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 the, the beauty to the show look at her ladies and gentlemen can we get maddie on tenor? look at she has attitude she has attitude all the time and we just want everybody to see the attitude that Maddie brings to the show. This is why this is why we are so good because we have a little she's spicy. She's a little red hand. Look at her. She's red hand over there. She's just spicy. And I ain't talking about my hot sauce spicy. She's got her own spice, ladies and gentlemen. She's a great producer. She does a great job for us. Good job, guys. It's been real. I'm so glad to be back. I was in Dallas last week, America. I was I was in a room by myself in a black screen. And I'm glad to be back here, and I'm glad to see everybody. I'm glad to see Tim. I, I tell you, I'm not really glad to see Tim, but I'm glad to see everybody else, okay? Because, yeah. you know, Tim went to Florida, didn't invite his boy. You know, that's that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I did. When are we going to Florida again? Whenever you want. Let's put it on your schedule. Okay, that's what needs to be, my schedule, okay? That's, that's uh, me, you, and Mark, we're going to go. There you right, go. Let's do it. All right, let's now do I'm going to yell at all the golfers. Tommy, play the coast. Close Come on, Tommy. Yeah. Bring us home, buddy. <laughs> the great Neil Funk and Stacey King. Neil Funk, if you're out there, we love you, baby. Drive home safely. Beep, beep. Oh, my goodness. Give me the hot sauce.